Hello out there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where you always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I am joined by the maestro. I burn rubber on a regular basis. Ah, apt. And by Cowboy. I rub burner on a regular basis. Less apt. Okay. Uh, this week we continue our thankful series of episodes by watching actually good movies, for the most part. Minus Maestro's. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, so we already did Maestro's, which was Conan the Barbarian. And then we did my movie last week, which was Snatch. And now it is Cowboy's Churn. And we go yeah. to the 1990s. For, hey, I, didn't, I stayed out of the 80s for you. I appreciate it. And this is Days of Thunder. Yeah. This was directed by Tony Scott. It stars Tom Cruise, Robert Duvall, Nicole Kidman, Randy Quaid, Carrie Ellis, and Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. Let's do a synopsis, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. A young hotshot stock car driver gets his chance to compete at the top level. All right. So I've seen this movie before. Have you seen this movie before, Mishro? Yes, when I was a kid. Okay. I think mine was about maybe 10 years ago, give or take. And Cowboy, this being your pick, uh, I'm assuming you have seen it. Why did you oh, yeah. choose this movie? I uh, happen to be a very big NASCAR fan. What? Um, yeah, uh, being redneck and all. No, um, nothing to do with that. But uh, it, it it's weird because I'm going to pick this movie apart now. I mean, <laughs> I saw this movie. I saw this movie when I was a kid, and and I loved this movie, and I still love the movie. But I'm going to pick it apart. Uh, because I, I'm such a big NASCAR fan and I love the shots and I love the action. And, you know, it's like everybody has like most people have a sport that they're into, you know, like, so I, I watch football, I like baseball and stuff like that, but this is, this is what I follow, you know, mm-hmm. NASCAR is what I follow. And, uh, I have not seen it in quite a long time. I own two copies of the movie. Now I own a digital copy of the movie on Amazon. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, I went to go watch it the other day, and I'm like, uh, we don't have a Blu-ray player hooked up to the new TV yet. I'm <laughs> waiting for a 20-foot HDMI cable to come in because I don't have anything under the TV for the Blu-ray uh, player to sit right. on. So it's going to be on the shelves, which is far to the left of the TV. So I need to run an HDMI cable over there. So I went on Amazon, and then and I had some credits with Amazon, so it only cost me two dollars and ninety nine cents. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, so fantastic. But uh, yeah, no, this is this is this is my jam. Yeah, I know a lot more about NASCAR now than I ever did, and uh, especially after seeing this movie, when I watched it back then, I there was things that I was like, I, I was picking up on it, but with all the extra knowledge that you've infused into my brain over the the past few years. It made it more enjoyable for me, but there were some things where I wanted to ask. This doesn't seem NASCAR-y, which I'm sure those are the things you're going to be picking apart. So let's get into it. First thing, first thing you want to talk about walking out of the theater for the first time. What, what would you say? I would say, why does Tom Cruise have to jiggle the steering wheel so much, <laughs> and everyone and everyone else doesn't? Um, you need to watch, uh, NASCAR, especially now when this movie first came out, they didn't have these action shots and stuff like that. But in NASCAR, uh, now if you watch it on TV, they got these in-car 
video uh, cameras and stuff like that. They got cameras on the front bumper, the back bumper, side panner cameras and stuff like that, you know. And uh, depending on how their car is handling, they are moving their hands quite a bit. Um, Adam plays uh, played NASCAR. You played NASCAR with me in uh, the uh, on the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Halloween night. And uh, when you're going 200 miles an hour, slight movements of the steering wheel is going to cause your car to shift. Plus you have the air turbulence from the other cars around you and stuff like that. There's cars that will come up on some tracks. You can get a car in front of you loose just by coming up on the back end of the corner of their, their, uh, their car. You don't even have to touch them. You just take the air off the spoiler or the air off the back end of their car and you're going to make them loose. So, um, what I do have to pick apart about what you're talking about him moving the steering wheel is they are jostling up and down the track like it's nothing. And you can't you, you don't see that in NASCAR. A lot of this stuff, it, there is a lot of split seconds, but it's calculated. You know, if you're coming up to pass a car and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's you're not you're not going to be like no problem going up and down and up and down. Uh, I have a lot to pick apart okay. when it comes to. The, the NASCAR uh, of this movie. All right. So. Well, before we get to that, because that, that is also something that Annie was saying when we were watching it. It's like, why is he moving around so much? Wouldn't that throw him all across the entire track? And the, the way I reasoned it in my brain was that I, I believe the steering wheels, the steering system in a NASCAR is tuned differently than a normal car. So whereas we, if we did that on the road, we would eventually flip the car. But because NASCAR is so so precise, those little movements are actually very little movements that may need to be done on the track. But, yeah, are. but they are. But the point is, you see Tom Cruise's character jostle the steering wheel like five five inches one direction, five inches the other direction, continuously through the whole thing. And then you look at everyone else doing it, and they're literally pulling on like. Like they're supposed to, just barely a little bit here, a little bit there to keep it. Well, I I will I will give you a little bit of information. He's kind of a wild driver. Okay. Right. Um they even say that he drives the car way further than he should, way further than he needs to, and he's burning his tires. Right. Quicker than every other driver out there because he is driving more erratic and he's he's going past the limits of what the car should be doing so with him moving his hands that much that means he is past that level uh, that limit of on the edge and he's past the edge so he's constantly trying to catch the car as it's Mm. about ready to slide out so he is doing a lot of work just to keep that car going the direction it wants to go or he wants it to go okay and it would happen with a very loose car as well but you know most most drivers they get their car tuned to their driving style so they don't have to do that right now I, he I, knew I, nothing about he knew nothing about cars he said it in the movie that that was i was about to ask you is is that could that ever be a thing in any nascar yes. really yes uh, it, yeah um it, it could because you don't necessarily need to know about cars what you need to know is what the car is doing and and basically his crew chief didn't teach him about the carburetor and all this other stuff and the ins and outs of the car but what he did teach him was okay if your back end feels like it's going to slide out you know you're you're loose you know loose makes you go faster but more on the edge 
you know, tighter, um, gives you more, more, uh, traction, but you're going to be slower. Okay. You know, you're not going to be able to turn the car as well. So he taught him, you know, Hey, if the car's doing this, let me know. We need to add wedge. If the car's doing this, let me know. We need to add air pressure or whatever, you know, those, those things is what you need to know. Um, my favorite driver, William Byron, you know, uh, he wasn't like my previous favorite driver, Jeff Gordon, who grew up racing since he was four or five years old in midgets and stuff like that. Um, he, he started off with online gaming. Oh, you know, and got into racing through online gaming, iRacing racing and stuff. He's actually one of the, the top iRacing racing racers out there before he actually got into real racing. That's how he got to start video games. These guys nowadays, uh, back in the days, even when this movie was made, you didn't have iRacing and simulators and stuff like this. But a lot of these guys now, they do a lot of uh, simulation racing to get ready for a race before they even go there and practice before the race. If I recall correctly, back when this movie was released in 1990, uh, yep. Our version of simulated racing would be cruising USA uh, at, at the arcade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was not very realistic. No. You know, you you, dub, you you double pump the uh, gas and smash the gas the second time. You get this power boost where you two wheel it. Yeah, you know? and you could hit cars with almost no penalty. Was uh, it cruising <laughs> the world? <laughs> oh man, I I think last time I was in arcade, the graphics had not been updated. For Cruising USA, it was still very <laughs> 2D flat looking. Yeah, uh, but you'd still play it. It's awesome. Oh, that's beside the point. <laughs> There's no yeah. other sport, I think, in the world where you could transition from playing it on a video game to then becoming a professional. Yeah, and I think it's more able to do it now because of what iRacing has done. iRacing is a platform that you have to get a membership to. Right. And uh, you can get simulators uh, that basically simulate like you're in a real, an actual NASCAR, um, depending on how much you want to spend. Uh, some of these drivers during the pandemic, when they weren't racing, they were doing uh, an iRacing invitational every week uh, at the tra- at a different track. And a couple of these drivers spent um, 20 grand on a rig, a simulation rig. Just to make it feel, yeah, real. But there's no amount of simulation you will get at a football, uh, basketball, soccer game no. that will no. prepare you. Maybe golf. Yeah, they have one of those curtains where you hit the golf ball into it, and then it continues on the screen. Like yeah, they used to have a you, you probably do that. But you're, you're right. They they were the only sport at the beginning of the pandemic with everything shut down that was able to still do something yeah. you know i mean fox came on board and signed up with iRacing, and they came up with this invitation on so that was the only sport you were able to see even though it was simulated it was still entertaining and the driver said it's it's amazing how real it feels the only thing you miss or you don't get is the sensation the, right. the speed sensation and the noise sensation, but the, as far as the handling of the car and and as you're driving, the tires starting to wear down and and your grip going away, it's all there. The bumps in the road are there. It's like it's crazy. Have you uh, previous to this movie ever heard of the the phrase "rubbing is racing"? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that is a real yes. thing. 
Yeah, uh, yes, it is. Uh, you're 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 going to get bumped, not to the level that you see in this in this uh, um, movie. Yes, it's brutal. To the point where guys. you're slamming slamming guys into the walls. A, they would have been black flagged, and 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 they would have been fined and all kinds of stuff like crazy. If they because you could totally tell all that was intentional, right? Um, rubbing is racing. You know, um, you can. In a lot of tracks, they they do they have what they call a bump and run, where you would bump the back uh, of somebody's car. You know, usually like you would just barely bump the back left of somebody's car and send them up the track a little bit. You wouldn't wreck them, but you would get them loose a little bit, so they would have to slow down. And it's called a bump and run. You bump them and then you go past them. Oh. Um, typically, that would only happen when you're you're way faster than that car, and he's blocking you from getting by, and you're getting like fed up, and you're like, okay, you just tap their back bumper, and then get them a little loose. You don't wreck them. You get them a little loose to get them out of the groove, so you can get by them. Okay, because yeah. you do have assholes that'll just block you the whole freaking race if. Yeah. So uh, there was a couple terms you mentioned. The uh, black flag. Black flag is as like a is that like a red card type of? Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a penalty. If if you're black flagged, you can be black flagged for uh, a number of different reasons. Uh, There's certain tracks where you know, actually all the tracks you need to have the back end of your car intact. And if you have something, remember there was that one scene where he's like, Hey man, your back bumper is really loose. You better come down uh, before they black flag you. You know, yeah. if you have something on your car that could cause a wreck that's hanging there, you can't get black flag, basically meaning you got to come down pit road and fix that. You can't just continue to, to be out there and do that. Now when the black flag is called, does that mean everybody has to then kind of reassemble? No. No, a black flag is used on a specific car. It's a penalty on a specific car. Okay, and the yellow flag is when everybody has to get back in line again. Yeah, yellow flag is the caution lap, which <laughs> brings me to my next point um, it, that pisses me off about this movie now. Uh, in Daytona, the big wreck that they get into, Rowdy and um, Cole Trickle get yeah. into, um, that wreck happens way in front of them. And they're saying, you can go through this wreck. A, they wouldn't do that. Okay. As soon as that wreck started going, caution would come out and they would be slowing down. Now, the only way they would go through a wreck like that is if it happened literally right in front of them. Okay. Okay. Now, if they were trying to portray exactly that happening, they did a horrible job because there's way too much time between that crash happening way ahead of them on the track and them gunning it to go through it. They had plenty of time to slow down to avoid any of the cars coming down. Yeah. It seemed um, like he went so, through two turns before he even got to where that exactly. Happened. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, it was ridiculous. If they wanted to simulate it a lot better, it would have happened literally right in front of them. And it's a split second decision. And you, you got to make the right guess, you know, of going high, going low to try and avoid the cars wrecking in front of you. Yeah. And then you go to the final race where, you know, the wreck happens in front of him. He's kind of hanging back in the back. He's in last place and he's kind of scared. And then a wreck happens. And, and then his spotters telling him or his crew chiefs telling him, just go high and you can get through it. And then, you know, he gets through it. He runs through it. And then he's like, I'm through. And then, woo. And then you're, they're back into racing really hard. Yeah. There was no caution. There was that, like, 
it, it just I'm like, what the hell? This is no, <laughs> this is fucking wrong. But I still love this movie. Yeah, because they, they had a full on conversation about okay, the tra- the wreck happened here. You need to go this way, and they, they were like, Cole, you there? Are you there? You, yeah, you, you can make it. It was a, it was a good minute, two minutes of of conversation before he even got to where the wreck was. So yeah, yeah. okay, good, good. good. Uh, let's um let's, let's talk about his backstory because th- if if they did mention it, it went right, right over my head as far as where he comes from. Because stock racing is different from what they called. I think they refer to it as indie racing, but that's a different kind of car altogether. Uh, they, co- they, they they called it open wheels. Uh, sprint sprint car uh, Mm -hmm. racing. Um, They have sprint car racing, which is an open wheel, which a lot of your sprint cars is on dirt. It's, you know, but then he got into uh, uh, open wheels racing, which sprint cars are considered open wheels as well. Uh, A lot of drivers actually go from sprint uh, racing to NASCAR and stuff like that. Uh, Jeff Gordon did sprint racing. Kyle Larson, who we talked briefly about before the show, the one that got suspended indefinitely, uh, was a big time sprint racer. In fact, when he wasn't able to run NASCAR, um, cause he was suspended, he owns a sprint, uh, car, uh, team. So he started driving for his own team in the world of outlaws sprint cars and was just pretty much dominating cause he's that okay. good. So there's a lot of a lot of sprint car racers. There's also been some open wheel drivers that have come over to NASCAR to try and do NASCAR. Different beast, different animal. I mean, different type of racing. You got Juan Pablo Montoya. You've got uh, Danica Patrick. You know, came from open wheels uh, IndyCar. That's the GoDaddy trick, right? One or something like that. Yeah, she came over to to do NASCAR. It's a different beast. You're talking a. Not as much technology as those F1 cars, you know. Um, are, are the races long or are they short? The sprint ones. I, uh, sounds to me like short. Well, well, the sprint the sprint races usually are, they're on smaller dirt tracks. Oh, okay. The uh, Formula One races and and Indy car races those are usually road courses long. They do have uh, ovals as well. They race at Indianapolis. The Indianapolis 500, you know, is is uh, Formula One or Indy car. That's another thing I noticed about the movie, uh, especially after having uh, uh, raced with, uh, with with your son. It they're very long. There was there was there was a race that I did uh, where it was my daughter, myself, and, and and your son, where we were. It had to have been at least an hour, maybe even an hour and a half. We were doing one race because we did the all five hundred laps. This movie made it seem like they were very quick. Um, yeah, because they were only giving you snippets of the race. Which, which is why at first I was going to pick apart the fact that, you know, they just started racing. This car looks really nice and bright and shiny and clean and everything. And the next scene, it's like all beaten, battered and dirty and filthy and stuff like that. But then you hear the announcers, 28 laps left. And I'm like, okay, Daytona 500. I know there's 200 laps in that race. So, um, <laughs> This is 108, but even the dude, I'm telling you right now, the NASCARs now, I mean, back in the days, they, they may have not even, I don't even think in 1990, they looked like that at the end of a race. I mean, but we're talking Cole Trickle, you know, who, <laughs> you know, the, the crashes he got into and the little bang ups and stuff, there's no way uh, he would have continued racing if he had those accidents, you know, right. not like, 
I'm talking that same race, you know, his transmissions out and he comes down the pits backwards and spins it out and all this other stuff, you know, and all of a sudden they get high gear back and he's out there running. No, dude, they would have, they would have pulled it into the garage and said, dude, transmissions shot. We're done. If, if during this wreck, there's a piece of the car that's kind of like hanging off and flapping, are they able to just like cut that part off and let them keep going? It uh, depends. It depends. The the back part of the car, you do need a back end of the car. Um, you know, not just not just like the, the trunk portion where the spoiler is, but the back cover uh, on the back side of the car. You do need to have that on there. That is a NASCAR rule. So if they cut that off because it was hanging, that is usually the only piece of the body that they are allowed to have a backup for that they would able that they would be able to grab their backup huh. and put on there but other parts of the car like uh the front fender and stuff like that if it's hanging off they cut it off if they can meet minimum speed then they can run without it but you know okay usually if you if you're knocking your front fender off you've got suspension damage you're not going to be running huh. your car anymore but there has been times where you know they would cut part of the splitter off because it was hanging there you know and stuff like that and just continue running okay they don't they don't win but so at, at the beginning we see Tom Cruise come in with his motorcycle kind of looking like a he's pretty boy be, yeah pretty boy he comes in he races it turns out he does well and then uh now you're off to racing uh, he's, he's winning, but then he could be winning by more. So they have this whole conversation about the tires. No, he's not winning. He's not winning. The problem is the, 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 in there, they're like, you know how we win a race? You know how we, we got in order to win a race, we have to finish a race. When he first started, he was wrecking out of all the races and stuff like that. He wasn't even finishing the races. Oh, okay. You no, know, he was, he was not doing well. Um, the crew chief said, there, there ain't nothing you can't do in a race car, but, you know, if you don't take care of your tires, the way he was running, he was running so hard and so fast and pushing the car so far past the edge that he was burning his tires up. And if you don't take care of your tires, you can't finish a race. Right. So th- this is uh, one of the scenes that bothered me that was kind of towards the beginning where they, they had a whole argument and whatnot, and he said, all right, you run uh, what 50 laps your way, then we'll run 50 laps my way, and we'll see which is better. He, he does the 50 laps, and then at that point, they have the conversation, all right, now do it my way, because the tires, and da 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 that I, I understand it's maybe not good for a movie, but as far as for real life, that conversation should have happened before the race. So you do your 50 the way you want it, and then here's what I'm going to tell you how to run it, and here's the reasons why. And that should have been a long conversation with the driver, but I guess for the movie they had to cut it in while, all right, changing tires out. Now, we have uh, 10 seconds before you got to start doing it my way. Here's what I want you to do. And then he's off, and then turns out it, it worked. That, uh, that uh, scene you're talking about was not during a race? Right. They were doing a test at a track. Yes, but they, they, they were treating um, it like it was, all right, uh, we, we only rented the track for 20 minutes. So uh, quickly, <laughs> change the tires. Yeah. Let's have a real good it's, conversation. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty pricey, but they actually had a conversation. I, I think that, it, that was implied when they were sitting down there in the bar and they were talking about, and he was like, man, you know, I need you he's, to take care of the tires, you know. Because okay. he's. 
he's got a ton of talent because that scene that you're talking about happened right after uh, they had the blow up in the hauler and the owner of the car said, uh, if, if your driver doesn't trust you, how do you think he's going to do? You know, you need, you need to be able to talk to your driver. He needs to be able to trust you yeah. and you need to be able to communicate with him. And so that's when they, that's when they found out that he didn't know anything about cars. He didn't know how to tell him what the car was doing. Um, it was kind of a race team that was thrown together. It was like a, a last-ditch effort to get a race team together, and that's why he got this driver uh, who was not known in NASCAR. Um, but he was talented, but he didn't know about NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. So that scene you're talking about, he's like, at the end of that scene, he's like, they sit, they stand in both tires. He's like, his tire after 50 laps my tire after 50 laps and I was six seconds faster. Right. So the total laps after 50 laps each, he was six seconds faster, but his tires looked good. And the reason why is because he was burning his tires up. His times fell off so much more dramatically at the end of 50 laps than the other ones. So in NASCAR, it's more of an endurance race. It's not a drag race, 33 seconds, quarter mile, you know, boom, you blow your wad and there's like one pump chump, doom, you're done, you know? Yeah. Well, see, the problem with Tom Cruise is he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Uh, yeah, where, not in this, not in this one. No? Is that a different <laughs> movie? Okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> now, was, was your, what you implied from that conversation about the six seconds faster, was that a six seconds for 50 laps or six seconds yes. per lap? Six sec- no, not per lap. Okay. Six seconds for overall for 50 laps. Which doesn't sound which, like a lot, but at the speeds they're going, that's got to be hundreds of feet. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I play NASCAR with, with my, uh, on the Xbox with my son, and I beat him quite often. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I got the fastest lap. And I look at him, I said, dude, you can have the fastest lap every single time we play. I can care less. <laughs> Yeah. If I finish ahead of you, you can have the fastest lap because I finished ahead of you, you know? It's like... Where's the trophy for the fastest lap? How big is that one? There is none. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is none. You don't, even, you, don't, you don't even get points in the point standings for the fastest lap. I mean, just, it's, it's just to say, oh, yeah, who you won the fastest That's why when I watch, when I watch uh, NASCAR now, they, the, the commentators start talking about the top five fastest laps. They'll do it throughout the whole race. But... Doesn't mean they okay. won't tell you who had the fastest lap the whole race. Well, they, they might tell you this person had the fastest lap on this lap the whole race, but sometimes that person's not even in the race anymore because they crashed right. out. You know? So it's like it's it, might, it might be a crawl at the bottom. Fastest race goes to or fastest lap goes to this guy. It's it's not. Uh, so Doesn't first, second, anything. third place, and we have fastest lap. Uh, you get a medal. Stand off to the side, <laughs> off the podium. <laughs> you, you you get your name in a scroll at the bottom of the screen. Right. Yeah, now, it, th- there was something in this movie that reminded me of Space Jam, uh, which we did on spoilers uh, maybe last year, two years ago. There, there was the, uh, the final scene against the Monstars where everybody's beat to shit and then Bugs Bunny comes through with this uh, water bottle. It says, hey, this is the stuff that Michael uses, Michael Jordan this is how he wins his games. He drinks this water and he passes it out to all everybody on the team. They all drink it and woo, they go out and they have a phenomenal quarter. And then they come back. All right, we need more of that water. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't really water. I mean, it was actually just water. 
this happened with uh, Red, uh, Redford. <laughs> it wasn't only water. <laughs> <laughs> or Duvall. He's telling him, all right, don't worry. I got you some special tires. These special tires are going to get you to the end of the thing. And then at the end, even he's telling the guy that's asking him, hey, you won the race. How'd you do it? Well, I got some special tires from my uh, my pit boss or crew chief or whatever you call him. Crew chief. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, and- he actually explained why he said that, why he did that. Uh, Cole Trickle was so far in his head, in his own head, that yeah. uh, he he was he was freaking out because the 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 gun got jammed during the pit stop and he came in first and he ended up exiting third or fourth or something like that because there was a bad pit stop. So he was so pissed off and so bad and so irritated. The only way to calm him down was basically to feed him a line of bullshit. Yeah. It was the placebo and make him and make him believe it. Exactly. It was a placebo. You can't, but he knew he could do it. He knew he was capable of doing it, the but the whole race, the whole race, he's been telling him, don't pass on the outside. Don't pass on the outside. You know? Yeah. Nobody passes on the outside. You're going to wreck. You're going to slam into the wall. And so in order to calm his ass down, Hey, I put a special set of match tires on there. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> you know, it just gave him that confidence, that edge and got him out of his head. And it's like, all right, cool. You know, just did it. He, <laughs> I think it would have been a funny scene at, after he wins the race. Why don't you give me those tires every time? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why are you saving these? Why should I? These should be my stock tires. <laughs> uh, he did. He did. He didn't realize that uh, during the interview they were going to ask him what made you think you yeah. could pass on the outside. They didn't know he was. That's why when he asked that que- the reporter asked that question, he's like, "Oh shit! Don't say anything! Don't say anything! No, 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 no!" no. <laughs> it was played great, but there were some really, really good lines in this movie. Uh, the very first race when he comes into the pit, he's like, all right, here's what I want you to do. When you go back out there, I want you to hit the pace car. <laughs> he's like, hit the pace car. He's like, yeah, hit the pace car. Why do you want me to hit the pace car? Well, you hit every other goddamn thing out there. I just want you to be perfect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one quite one a bit. One of the greatest lines in that movie. Yeah. Great. <laughs> all right, he's like – pissing his race away and acting like a fool. He's like, I need a pit. Oh, no, we can't. Why not? We're busy. Yeah. What, what do you mean you're busy? Eating ice cream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Fun. Fun. It's funny because at, at races, when I go to a race, you can listen to uh, the uh, – uh, you can get the scanners and you can listen to um, – the crew and the drivers and them talking, they all have their own certain channels. Oh. And you can get a channel list and you can set set your scanner up and you can listen in on different drivers' radios and you can hear the spotters talking to the drivers and the crew chief talking to the driver and the driver talking to the crew chief and stuff like that. And uh, I've heard lines from this movie being uttered over the radio okay. and stuff like that, you know, and uh, I, not from this movie, but one of the best lines, I think it was uh, uh, Martin Trucks Jr. is a driver. And uh, they were talking about eating a hot dog or something like that. And Martin Truex Jr. says to his crew chief, yeah, I, I, I hear you like long cylindrical pieces of meat in your mouth. Oh, <laughs> they were talking about eating hot dogs oh. because it, it is not, it is not uh, regulated. The radios aren't regulated because they're individual channels. You That's know? interesting that they would do that because couldn't other teams listen in then? Yeah. 
It, yeah, they that, could. Uh, I guess it would be hard to cheat. Uh, what? But I mean, they they have they have spotters up there on the. Uh, you know, their spotters are usually high up above the grandstands, you know, and that's the ones that are telling you, okay, you got somebody on your inside and stuff like that. Yeah, letting them know because you, you you're going almost 200 miles an hour. You can't like, you know. Look over your shoulder because you're you're strapped into this car. You can't, you know. So they tell them if they're clear on the inside, clear on the outside, and stuff like that. But the spotters up there, you know, there are certain races that they coordinate with other drivers on. Hey, we're going to be pitting this time by. You know, come pit with us. You know, right. But if if there's if okay, let's say it's Rowdy and Cole right behind each other, and Cole uh, the, the the pit. Master General, uh, he tells them <laughs> the crew chief. Yeah, the crew chief. I had it right a second ago. I lost it. If he tells him, "Hey, go on the outside," somebody else listening on that channel could tell him he's going coming on the outside. It could, yeah, yeah. That seems, but it, it's it's the thing is though. It's like the relay. They don't, take they, too long. They, 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 the the, oh. the drivers right now, but not only would the relay take too long, but the drivers right now aren't doing what Cole Trickle is. I'm going to take them on the outside. They're not projecting over the radio what they're doing. Oh, okay. You know, usually <laughs> what they're talking about is they're, they're, they're cussing out another car for being <laughs> a dumbass or they're, they're, they're talking about, you know, what the car, what's going on with the car, you know, on um, what we're going to do next. Oh, I'm a little loose or blah, blah, blah. Or, I have a vibration in the car, you know, Hey, we got to come to pits, you know, we'll see if it's a loose lug nut or something like that. You know, um, they don't really say, all right, I'm coming up to rowdy and I'm going to take them on the outside. They don't usually talk like that. You won't hear that, you know? okay. but you will hear them cussing out other drivers. You stupid son of a bitch, blah, blah, <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's crazy. All right. Uh, there's another scene that I, I want to mention only because it, it's important for the movie. It seemed it seemed weird when it was happening, but once it played itself out, it made sense. They get pulled over after they won the first race by some cops, and they get him up against the trailer. Hey, you're, you're transporting booze. There's like uh, maybe a half an ounce of booze in there, and then the cop starts groping uh, Cole, and then rips over his shirt. I guess is, is this. First of all, how did that whole thing happen? Those are real cop cars. Uh, the cops are cool with having a hooker, or was that an actual cop that was just paid off? No, that was that was not an actual cop. That was uh, <laughs> it, it could have been a hooker, could have been a dancer, could have been a whatever. Either way, the cops but, are okay uh, with this. <laughs> so that was a weird thing. For um, me. Dude, you're talking about down south. You're talking, you know, <laughs> you're, it's NASCAR you're talking, country, and and, and you know the, the, the crew chief could have known some of the officers and been like, hey, we, you know. Cole won his first race. Finally, you know, we want to, we want to play a prank on him and give him a little, <laughs> little, you know, a little fun, you know? Yeah. And they were probably like, yeah, all right, cool. It, it, it's just fun. We have this girl back in the cell. We just arrested for prostituting. Let's bring her along. This will be part of the joke. <laughs> probably wasn't a prostitute. It could have been, could have been a stripper. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but that leads to, uh, eventually, he gets in an accident, and he's in the hospital. And Nicole Kidman is the is the nurse or the doctor on on site. And Cole assumes, "Ah, oh, you're not going to fool me again. This one, what do you got? 
you want to this is what you and he grabs her hand and puts it on his junk like this is what you're looking for right mm, nope that's a real doctor that's that <laughs> and, they're, and they're all laughing in the background <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure their laughter got, feeds them on like oh this is a joke I'm like no we're just super embarrassed for you <laughs> i would and they were they you could tell they did a great job because you could tell they were uncomfortable like no no cole cole that's that's really your your doctor you yeah. know like no, it's like, oh, come on, guys. Ah, this is what you're looking for, Doc. And they're just like, oh, about ready to lose it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I really enjoyed the uh, – I'm not sure how to make this a passive – like a term, like a friendship. Because the, he has a frenemy. He has a very good frenemy with Michael Rooker, uh, Rowdy Burns, where even in the hospital, they're both – they basically took each other out <laughs> during one of the races – and in the yeah. hospital, they're in the wheelchairs now, and they're trying to get uh, to, I guess, the discharge. And they start racing their wheelchairs. Like seriously, that was that was that was fun for me. I I, yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, Tom Cruise relation- with Mary Poppins. The relationship that 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 Coltrickel and and Rowdy Burns has <laughs> Mary is like the same relationship that uh, <laughs> Maverick and Iceman have in Top Gun. Okay. It's yeah, because at, at the beginning, I think they actually hate each other. Yeah, but then that blossoms into. The, like, you can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> and, dude, literally, literally, this movie has the same exact feel as Top Gun, just NASCAR. Yes, because you have a Tom Cruise being a badass, you know, in a NASCAR, meets the girl. In Top Gun, it was the instructor. In this, it's the doctor. Mm-hmm. They have the little love scene. You know, the there wasn't a take my breath away song. No. But, you know, it was the same. And then they had their little blow up. You're so on the edge. You're scared, Cole. You're scared. You know, in Top Gun, they had the same thing. You know, you're scared, Maverick. You're scared. You know, The same exact freaking movie, yeah. just different. Yeah, you can't keep doing this. You're gonna you're gonna be dead. Ah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that that's was right, Iceman. I am dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so the wheelchair race wasn't the only race uh, between Tom Cruise and Rowdy. No, they actually uh, raced rental cars. <laughs> <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming and I'm hoping they both bought insurance uh, for these rental cars because <laughs> by the time they get to the valet, they're both smoking. Uh, they're missing lots, huge parts of the outside of the car. But that was, oh my god, the, uh, was, was this in LA? This was in LA, right? At this point of the movie, uh, I don't know where they were at. They should have got pulled over. The they should have. <laughs> this this, oh, this should have. Yeah. There should have been helicopters chasing them. Uh, this would have been a OJ Simpson style of thing. These two cars. Dude, come on, the are, amount of movies we watch where shit's going on in the streets <laughs> and there is nobody in the streets. Dude. Yeah. Like, come on, seriously. Like, like I don't know the vampire movie that we watched. You know, um, where I accidentally watched the sequel and then we had to watch <laughs> Thirty Days of Nights. <laughs> Yes. 30 days of nights. I mean, there was shit going on in the streets of LA. You know, that was like, mm. in the sequel, it's like, yeah, this, uh, no. And then, you know, uh, what's another one? That, I don't know. Uh, oh, shoot. There was another one we just watched recently that was like, 
this is ridiculous, all this shit going on and no cops, no nothing. Oh, Cobra. Oh, yeah. The entire town is basically under fire yeah. and everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we, we get to now he meets a doctor. There's a spark there. He tries to ask her out, blah, blah, blah. And we now need to examine you to make sure you're fit to, to race. Cole turns out he's fit to race. Uh, then, then hooks up with his later wife and then Rooker gets examined and can't race. Now comes in Wesley, the farm boy as a replacement driver. I loved him in this role. Does he never have a mustache? He's always has like a semi version of a mustache. (laughs) He's he's not mustached in I think Saw also in Psych. Uh, He's been popping up over all those shows I've been watching lately, and it's always delight. This guy's amazing, but I don't think he's ever played as bad of a character as he has in this movie. He's he's played various amount of roles, and he fits into all of them very well. And this this was perfect. I love seeing him as this dick. Yeah, he was a big dick. Because yeah. <laughs> we've seen him in Princess Bride as kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. Um, in Saw, he was just – well, he was being tortured. Uh, not a whole lot of range in that needed. Uh, in Psych, he's, he's, he's a bad guy, but he's also very charming. Uh, it's just, it's, everything he does is like he's a bad a guy, but he's not a bad guy. Right. But he was a full-on dick in this movie, and I I love seeing him that way. He's he's got so because he's got the comic chops, and now we see him having the serious. Oh, <laughs> just he had he had the serious backstabbing because when he first was introduced, he was very gracious to be able to step in Cole Trickle's car and and fill in for him while he's recovering. Yeah, and then he got his own ride with the same owner. And he's like, I'm going to put him into the wall. Now, you don't see that happening in races where they're they're blatantly saying, I'm going to put him into the wall, you know, and slamming them into the wall on purpose. You do see, uh, I have seen, especially this last season, some drivers, you know, take somebody out on purpose, um, but it can't be proven, but you know, you could you could see their car turn right instead of left. Right. You know. But that's but, another thing yeah. that I, I noticed in, in this movie that it was very obvious where they're like, they like the whole car slammed into the car. In, in NASCAR, it's it's much more subtle. It's it's a, it's a very subtle tab because if you do one of those full on turns into the guy, you're both spinning yeah, out. Yeah, you're yeah you're, you're all dead. Everybody, <laughs> both of you are spinning out, and everybody behind you is now. Uh, giant fireball yeah this 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 simulated nascar as more bumper cars <laughs> yeah. than it than it really is yes there are some there are some races they call them no, super speedways daytona is uh what they call a restrictor plate race where they pretty much run around the track in a huge cluster okay uh restrictor plate i don't know if you know what that means adam kent you might or i'm sorry is that the uh, things that pop uh, up off the sides? Maestro, Maestro, you might know what restrictor plate is. Basically, the carbureted engine, mm-hmm. um, they put a plate over the carburetor to restrict the airflow 
going to the carburetor, which actually dampens the horsepower and the top speed of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. The reason why they do this at super speedways is because with the amount of banking and how big the track is, they get up to, with the restrictor plates, they get up to about 202, 203 miles an hour, depending on their drafting. You know about drafting now, especially from this movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so they get up to the speeds. If they did not have restrictor plates, they'd probably get up to 230, 240 miles an hour. That's way too dangerous. Is, is it also called a governor? Uh, no. No, that's a different part of the car restricting. But it, it, it limits your acceleration, at least, your top speed. Is that right? It, yeah, they both limit limit the top speed, but the restrictor plate is directly connected to the carburetor, which allow limits like it's basically like a blocking place plate, so air doesn't go as quickly in. The governor itself doesn't allow the re- the revving of the RPMs go too high, so it doesn't allow your engine to go faster than it should be. Oh, okay, fantastic car knowledge. Woo-woo. Yeah, yeah, and not, no, don't forget though. There's also this giant little gnome you put in. It's in the left hand side of your of the truck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. truck, uh, the trunk. Yeah, oh, in the, the trunk. trunk. No, the, you can call it the bonnet if you want. The boots, choice. The bonnet, the boots oh. in the back. Oh, okay. Bonnets in the front. Okay. Yep. And what does the gnome do? Is that is he running on a cylinder? That's how the car runs. What gnome? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> is it just me or is Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, that relationship goes plaid. They, they, they're first, uh, you, I harassed you at work. Uh, and now we're dating cause I bought you a bunch of flowers and now we're banging. It was, it was very like, quick to jump from, I, I hate you to, all right, maybe we'll date. And now yeah, I don't, I don't know how, that would happen at all in even in real life you know going plat what like how does that happen going plat uh, I, I don't know i yes, i i've heard of it i've heard of it happening with people some friends that's of mine. ludicrous speed <laughs> yeah. I, know, right? yeah. I believe they were trying to stick to the premise of the film where they're just giving you snippets oh so that was lap 100 and we missed the first 100 laps yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Very, very possible. I mean, it was well put, it was Mr. pretty well much put. it was it was pretty much the same way in Top Gun. You never close your eyes. Anyway, wait, you want to just do it right here on the counter right. in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. By the way, your friend was amazing. You know, next thing you know, it's like, yeah. oh, fuck, she's the instructor. All right, take my breath away. Got to take a shower. Right. Playing with the boys. That's it. I just told you the whole movie, right? Yeah, it's dangerous on that. Be, be my wingman anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, you can be mine. Sorry. All right, the Huckleberry? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, that's so, Tombstone. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now Wesley, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts, he is now a racer of his own acclaim, and he's climbed through the ranks, and now they have. Uh, adversarial kind of racing and talking to each other to the point where Wesley wins. What's his real name? <laughs> that movie. Uh, Russ. Russ Wheeler. He wins a race and then Tom Cruise comes out and wrecks the car, which, by the way, the, the Randy Quaid has paid for both of these cars. So he destroys the car. And are, are cars that hard to replace? 
they they are when you're a small race team as Randy Quaid's character is. He owns a couple auto dealerships and right, he's fronting he's he's fronting the first car he's fronting. That's why it's it's sponsored by City Chevrolet. You notice the paint scheme I on did, that car did not. matches the paint scheme on my rig. Oh right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh yeah, it's City Chevrolet, he's sponsoring his own car because he doesn't have a sponsor until he gets uh, Hardee's, you know, and and the other sponsor, Superflow, uh, for Cole Trickle. And then when Russ Wheeler takes over, when Cole gets into the crash and he gets his own car, he's sponsored by Hardee's, which is Carl's Jr. Yes, um, on the East Coast. On the East Coast, yeah. So um, – but Rowdy Burns is sponsored by Mellow Yellow. Okay. That's the Mountain so Dew, right? At the, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, at the end of the movie, the very last race, you noticed uh, Randy Quaid's uh, telling them to get out and help push his car and get it yeah. going. And they're like, hey, man, you can't do that. He's like, it's my engine. It's my engine in that car. And they're pushing that engine, you know. Uh, you noticed before that the, the engine was leaking. Yes. And so the crew chief went to, you know, Randy Quaid and it was like, hey, uh, I got an engine from him and they swapped the engines out. Right. So um, but, it, it is pricey to replace a car if you only have one car. But we, we've seen Tom Cruise win a couple matches at, at least. And we've seen Carrie uh, Ellis also win a couple matches. So would, is that... Are, are the winnings not that big that you could replace a car with the winnings? Um, they are, but everybody on the team's got to get paid as well. Um, that's why it's so important to get a sponsor. It became it, it becomes easier when you have a sponsor because you're not fronting all the money. You're making sponsorship money, which goes to feed the, the, the car and stuff like that. That's why – uh, if you remember in the movie, Cole starts wrecking the cars when he first starts getting out there and, uh, what's his name? The, the buddy, buddy Baker son or whatever uh, is like, Oh no, no, no. The, the crew, the crew guy, the stepbrother, not the crew. Tr- yeah. The, the, the son of, uh, yeah. the old driver. Anyway, he's like, Oh, well, you look at that. We don't, we don't have to fix this side. And then the crew chief goes over there and kicks it. He's like, I don't want you to be spoiled, you know, make, because they got to take that car back to the shop, buff it out, fix it all up and get it ready for the next week's race. Where nowadays when you have like Hendrick motorsports or, or Joe Gibbs racing and stuff like that, William Byron and the Hendrick motorsports, they have uh, like maybe 15 cars, you know, in the race shop, ready to go almost at any time. They may swap engines from this car to this car. This car may be set up for short tracks. This car may be set up for the super speedways like Daytona, Talladega, and stuff like that. And then, so they'll have a different cars set up differently for different racetracks and stuff like that. Where in 1990, uh, the, the Superflow car or the City Chevrolet car, they only had one vehicle one car. So when he messed it up and crashed it, they had to get that to the shop and work tirelessly to get it ready for the next race. Okay. Uh, present day, if a car gets wrecked, do they have a backup car that they can bring in? Yes. Yeah. 
and and that's and that's uh, legal. But but you you cannot bring well if they wreck a car during a race. No, they can't just go to a backup car. Oh. Uh, the only time you can go to the backup car is if you wreck before the start of the race. Before the start of the race, uh, because here's the thing: uh, typically on a race weekend, you have uh, practice, say on Thursday and Friday, and that's usually when the driver and the crew chief and the crew they tune the car up. Okay. Okay. For the situation, for the weather and stuff like that, whatever given weekend it is, then uh, usually on Friday or Saturday they'll have qualifying. And some tracks, once you qualify, you can't touch the car after you qualify. Okay. But there's other tracks where, say, you qualify and you find something wrong with the engine, and you swap out the engine. Well, your qualifying spot is null and void now. Now you have to start at the back of the field. Because you swapped your engine out. There's some drivers who crash during qualifying or you qualify on Friday and you have a practice on Saturday and you crash your car on Saturday during that practice. Then you got to go to your backup car. Well, if you go to your backup car uh, after qualifying, you have to start at the back of the field. You lose your qualifying spot. When you're qualifying, you're racing by yourself, right? Yes. You're on the track by yourself. If you crash your car during qualifying, you're out. I, I, you should, uh, it shouldn't be part of the race, I think. No, no. You can <laughs> blow a tire. A tire can blow. Um, you could be pushing it too far to the edge and, you know, yeah. spin out. Uh, either way, you I know? think you should be disqualified. Uh, if, you can't, if you can't do a, a lap by yourself, then you're not, you shouldn't play with well, the big boys. Qualifying, you're, you're trying to put up the fastest lap because you want to start at the front. And so during qualifying, it's sometimes a little tougher because you have no – draft you have nothing like that you're pushing your car to the limit and there's some there's some uh teams will set up their car for a qualifying run meaning they will make it as loose as possible to make it as fast as possible to make that fastest lap but then once you so put they, it with everybody they, else you're screwed well they used typically will only do that when there's a practice after qualifying and then they can switch the setup on their car again all right. I don't uh, – there's a lot more I need to learn about this whole NASCAR thing. Yeah. Uh, I have two more questions for you. There's a, there's a part where they're interviewing other drivers. I'm assuming a lot of those other drivers, aside from uh, Kerry Ellis, were actual NASCAR drivers. Did you recognize any of the people in that? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, right offhand, Rusty Wallace was up there. Okay. He's a old school driver. He used to drive the uh, blue number two, the blue deuce, sponsored by Miller Lite. That's a horrible name for a car. The blue deuce, blue deuce. Yeah, better, better than blue balls. Yeah, you gotta get that checked. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there, there's a lot of drivers there. Okay, and, and the old time drivers too. Th- there was a phrase that bothered me because to me it was obvious. It was obviously for the non racing people. Daytona five hundred. The announcer, this is a Super Bowl of racing. Okay. Is that something you announce to actual people that are there at um, Daytona 500? They know. Yeah, actually, the, the announcers, the, the announcers every year, they, they call it the Super Bowl of, of motorsports. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's like, are they going to not say it's the Super Bowl when it's the Super Bowl? Because everybody knows it's the Super Bowl. They're yeah. going to call it the Super Bowl. Do they call the, the, World Series, the World Series is that Super Bowl of baseball? Do they say that? 
The, no, it's the World Series. Okay, but the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl is. Uh, see, the thing is, the reason why it's the Super Bowl, it's not the championship race. It's the in football, you want to win the Super Bowl. That's the prize. That's the you know, uh, in NASCAR, you can win the championship, but everybody wants that coveted Daytona 500 win, that Daytona 500 trophy. That is considered the Super Bowl of NASCAR okay. is the Daytona 500, that one race, because it's, it's the highest, it's literally the, one of the highest paid races. You win that race. It's huh. like the biggest purse. That's weird because I, I, I did something that I hate people to do in general to get offended for somebody else. When, when that was said, I was offended for the NASCAR fans in the, in the stands. Like, yeah, we know it's an important race. Why, why are you saying Super Bowl of, racing we we get it See, i mean on february 14th when i watched the daytona 500 this next year in 2021 uh they will refer to it as the super bowl of nascar wow i thought that was made up for this movie that the fact that happens in real life is weird to me yeah all right well uh spoiler alert he wins uh what's his name dick trickle not Cole the, Trickle. Cole Trickle. Dick Trickle is actually a oh, real. Yeah. No, Dick Trickle is a real NASCAR driver. Oh, is that right? I thought it was a yep. football coach for some reason. All right. No, Dick Trickle is a real NASCAR driver. All right. Cole Trickle is the trickle in mm, this movie. Mm, mm. No penis involved. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was when he got pulled over by the cop, but. Mm. <laughs> and also with the nurse or the doctor, whatever. Well, that, that's the end of my. She didn't, she didn't go to six years of evil medical school to be called a nurse. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Apologies to all the uh, doctor nurses out there. Yeah, no. So, so he he wins that race and he he does it in a unique way. He basically played Russ Wheeler. He kept showing him the outside, showing him the outside, and Russ Wheeler kept you know pushing him into the wall. And the last time he's like, I know Cole, he's always going to go high. He always goes to the outside, you know? And so he shows them the outside, Russ Wheeler goes up and then whoop, he slingshots past him down below, which then he puts Russ Wheeler into the wall and wins the race. Yeah. And then, you know, Hey, you're going to go where the victory lane. Yeah. Shit. You want to race? Walk. Yeah. I'll race. <laughs> I did like I did like the uh, the back and forth and there's there's a lot of character development between the people like we mentioned also with uh, Russ Wheeler and Cole Trickle they had uh, well they're always adversaries but Rowdy Burns and Cole Trickle they eventually got together and uh, Harry Hogue also with Cole Trickle uh, Duval I'm trying to use the real names this matter see I only had one question he gave okay uh, okay um. The guy from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What was his name again? Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Quaid. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Randy Quaid. He's okay. He's no. He isn't both their cars. He's he he's the Hardy's Hardy's car, right? Yeah, he owns both those vehicles. He owns he owns the uh, the Superflow with Cole Trickle, and he oh. owns the Hardy's car. So. Okay, so either way, he wins basically. Well, technically, well, does he also? Uh, no, 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 not the, not the very, not the no, no. He does not own Rowdies. The very last race of the 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 movie, uh, Cole Trickle is racing Rowdies number fifty one mellow yellow car. Mary Poppins. He's not racing for Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid fired him after he came out of the pits at the end of that race and crashed 
the Hardy exactly. scar. That's my point. Why did he help him then? Because the engine. Uh, he he gave them the engine because he believed in Cole. And I think in some way he felt bad for what he did to Cole because he was putting all his, all his trust and everything into Russ Wheeler. And, you know, probably felt like a dick because uh, Harry went up to him and told him, you can't do that. You know? So technically, I I, I don't think Randy Quaid won anything from the last race. No. Except for maybe just redemption for his actions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't win anything. I mean, they probably bought the engine off of him and he made some money on the engine, but it was more, like you said, it was more redemption, more of a pride thing. Hey, my engine Uh, won that race, you know? Got it. See, my theory is that even though he got that little bit of redemption by doing that, it wasn't enough for him. He needed more redemption, which is why he flew his plane right into the alien spaceship, uh, to save us all in Independence Day. <laughs> now to the remainder of the game, uh, yeah. since we're all done with that movie. By the way, Independence <laughs> Day, we've done on spoilers. Check it out in the archives. All right. So <laughs> any other any other uh, thoughts you guys want to bring out before I, we move on to the reviews? Uh, I'm just glad I finally got to do this movie. <laughs> it's weird because it seems like this is a foreign concept to you, but it as we talked about, it came naturally. All this racing what? stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Foreign. I've never seen any kind of racing before mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I do love the fact that when you were watching the movie, you're like, wow, all the NASCAR knowledge I have developed over the last <laughs> couple of years really is coming in handy now. Yeah. It's subtle. It makes though. more sense. But I think that's something that they did well with this movie is it was – done well enough for the non-NASCAR person, but for the NASCAR person, there's also little things in there that, like, okay, that makes more sense. But then also, if you're too far into NASCAR, like uh, some of the people on this podcast, uh, there's other things that are like, no. <laughs> no. But but I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie, you know? It's still great. Okay. So, we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game. If you're not familiar with the Rotten Tomatoes Scoring system, it's an average score between 0 to 100. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. We're going to guess, I'm going to have the guys guess, the score for the audience and the critics. To give a little bit of help, I'm going to give two reviews from the top critics for good and bad, and two reviews from the audience, good and bad, and have you guys guess the Rotten Tomatoes score after the reviews. Let's start with the bad reviews, get those out of the way. Top critic, Janet Maslin from New York Times. It's one thing to market a film solely on the strength of its star. It's quite another to go ahead and make the film that way. All right, here's here's another bad review from Variety staff. From Variety. Days of Thunder zigzags between exploiting Cruz's likable grin and charming vulnerability and portraying him as an emotional loser. It's an uncertain and unsatisfying mix. All right, bad reviews from top critics. Here's the good reviews. Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly. There are plenty of soulless movies around. What's special about Days of Thunder is that it works overtime, trying to convince you it's not one of them. Seems kind of backhanded. Other good review from uh, Dessen Thompson from the Washington Post. Exactly what it promises to be. 
not much, but a dizzying speed, stripped down and free of wind restraint subtlety. There's a certain integrity to that, a certain deafening integrity. That also didn't sound... Well, the good reviews didn't sound very good. But well, the were... deafening part was because it was the roaring of the engines, I'm guessing. Ah, uh, that's a play on words. Clever. All right. So those are top reviews, uh, top critic reviews, good and bad. What do you think the top critics rated this movie? Cowboy, it's your movie. You go first. Uh, I'm going to totally bomb this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I know what I want to give it. I okay. mean, even with my critique during this jeez uh, uh, I want to say 62 62 Maestro mm, Days of Thunder 62 I'm going for 75 for the tomato meter this was rated rotten <gasps> with the critics with a 38% wow wow I was I was I was gonna go lower than sixty two for the, the the audience because I even though I still like the movie uh, yeah I could pick it apart like crazy and it, <laughs> it, it some some things in the movie just bother me so much. All right, now we'll go to the audience. Let's start with the good reviews first. This is from Ryan B from two thousand sixteen, by the way. Regardless of your opinion of NASCAR racing, this is an incredibly fun movie for guys. Is it creative? No, it's pretty obvious that it's the same thing as Top Gun. The only difference is maturity. A young, hot, shocked driver gets his chance to complete at the top level. It's a good review. Here's another good review. This is from Peter L. from 2006. Cole Trickle, you are my homie. Tony Scott, before he tried to be an artist, is so good. Fucking rowdy and his head injury and evil as Carrie Ellis. What a fantastic piece of awesome this movie is. I still never watch NASCAR unless Tom Cruise is driving. Then I curl up on the couch with my latest Ron, Ron Arbor book and watch so NASCAR. What? Watch some Oh, watch some NASCAR probably. Ah. Uh. All right. <laughs> Bad reviews from the audience. Michael H from 2006. Typical racing movie. Hollywood thinks it's all about crashing. Have they forgotten about Le Mans or Grand Prix, the two greatest racing films ever made? Samuel F. from 2007 also says, Top Gun as a racing movie, only somehow less smart. By the way, I had to comb through a lot of these audience reviews. It was almost 50-50. I hate this movie. Tom Cruise sucks. Or Tom Cruise is the best. This is the best movie. <laughs> it's it's all it's a lot of, of Tom Cruise yeah. hatred and love that I had to comb through. So I, many. <laughs> I think less of Tom Cruise now since I've seen Leah Remini uh, and the Scientology exposed <laughs> stuff. Oh, you know? I haven't seen that yet. Uh, you know, because he's a huge Scientologist yes. and, and stuff like he's that. A child. And he, yeah, he's the poster child of Scientology along with John Travolta. Mm. Um, and I just think so much less of him, but these are old movies before I knew him as a Scientologist crazy dude. Yeah. See, I don't care. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. He could be a crazy person. Yeah. If you make good movies, I'm going to like them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, those are the good and bad reviews from the audience. What do you think the audience rated this movie? Ah, 
Critics for 38, audience, you said it was pretty much 50-50 split. I'm going to say... It was 50-50 split on the Tom Cruise love on and the, hate. On the reviews, yeah. As yeah. far as the reviews uh, I gave, uh, those are different ones. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. I just... Uh, I, uh, <laughs> 42. 42. 42. <laughs> okay, 38 and 40. That's really close. Um, I'll go even 50. The audience rated this movie fresh with oh, wow. 60%, barely the cutoff, <laughs> but it is, <laughs> it is fresh with the audience. All right. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman <laughs> were not in this movie. We like to play a game where we replace characters from the movie with Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman because generally they make movies better. So if you had to take somebody out of the movie and put Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman in it, who would it be? Hmm. I oh, oh is your is yours? You go first, Kevin. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna say I'm not picking this time. I want to hear what you guys have to oh. say. All right. Very um, good. Then um, hit me, hit me, hit me. <laughs> I would go with um Oldman as the as as Carrie character. Oh, what? You're taking out yeah. Wesley? How dare you? I'm taking out Wesley because I feel like he's he's slick, but I feel like he could have done better in his character. I, it doesn't seem he didn't seem like I mean like yeah, he was like this just a a, a, slick, a slimy guy, but I feel like he could do so much better as an arch nemesis in this whole film, you know? Hmm. I mean, I feel like he was just there. Yeah, except for the the, the my only dispute to that is the likability that Carrie Ellis has at the beginning and then goes bad. I, not not to say that Oldman couldn't do that. I just I love the way that Ellis does it so much. Mm-hmm. And then for for Giovanni, I would put him as Quaid's character. Okay. I I would like to see Quaid as Oldman and Giamatti as the guy from Step Brothers, which I'm not a big fan of. Riley, oh, I like him. He's cool. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I, uh, he, I don't like him in general. He actually, he actually, uh, this was this was more of a serious role for him. Yeah, but Giamatti can do it very serious. He can. Yeah. No, but well, I'm talking about the guy from Step Brothers. This is like a serious role, not like a Will Ferrell. Uh, right role yeah you know which you know another nascar movie teledega nights right will ferrell yep. and him uh <laughs> he, he plays a teammate of will ferrell's ricky bobby <laughs> i oh, love God. ricky bobby have you seen that movie i i have that the, movie's the, great the only thing i like about the movie was when they were praying to baby jesus <laughs> and they were trying to figure I like out to think, i like <laughs> to think of him as dear eight pounds six ounce baby jesus lying in <laughs> right That's, it's like it's like, like a homeless think- guy that you're about to not give money to, and you're like, "Wait, I will." <laughs> That's the only part of I, like I think enjoyed. Of, I like to think of Jesus wearing one of those tuxedo shirt because he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I can dress up too, but I'm also cool." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Too right. big red or fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are there a couple good parts, but overall, I, I'm not a big fan. But anyway, uh, your choices for uh, for the replacements there? 
Cowboy? Uh, no, I don't, I don't have any. No. I don't okay. have any, right. honestly. I, I, I don't want to touch anything. All right. We're good. Let's do trivia then. This is part of the show where I give you guys little facts, little bits of facts or information you may know about the film. Production began. What? Hmm? Production began without a finished script. Scenes were often written the day of filming. During one driving sequence, Tom Cruise actually had to read his lines off cue cards attached to his windshield, which resulted in a minor car accident. For, for subsequent driving sequences, Cruise was fitted with a special earpiece to have the lines fed to him. Special earpiece, huh? Yeah. It looked like an iPhone uh, headset. <laughs> Let's see. So, Oh, some of this footage was shot during the 1990 Daytona 500. Two additional cars driven by Bobby Hamilton and Tom Ellis were added to the rear of the field for the express purposes of shooting them for this film. They were not officially scored and left the racetrack after 100 miles. At one point in the race, leader Dale Earnhardt even lapped the movie cars. (laughs) Real life Hendrick Motorsports pit crew member Mike Slattery served as an extra for the Coles crew. After hearing what the stuntman's pay would be, he asked for the opportunity to do some of the stunts. <laughs> However, he saw how close the car came to the stuntman. He changed his mind saying, they can have it. The scene where Harry tells Cole to go out and hit the pace car is based on a real-life situation with driver Buddy Baker and his crew chief at the time, Harry Hyde, on whom Harry Hodge is based. I don't know these people, but I'm assuming Cowboy maybe. I don't know. Uh, Tom Cruise and Robert Duvall's characters are very loosely based on former driver Tim Richmond and his crew chief, Harry Hyde. Richmond was known as an overnight sensation, and Hyde was the veteran crew chief. The scene where Duvall's character teaches Cruise about tire management is based on an actual incident between Hyde and Richmond, who died from complications, oh, who died from complications of AIDS the year before the film was released. Last one here. The scene where Cole leaves the pits after a race to hit Russ Wheeler is also based on an actual event from the 1987 All-Star Race at Charlotte, North Carolina between drivers Bill Elliott and Dale Earnhardt. I had no idea. Did you know that? Was that, is that something that you, you recognized there, uh, Cal? Uh, yes. Wow. Yes. In fact, uh, uh, Bill Elliott's son, Chase Elliott, just won the championship this last year. Oh. And... Uh, it's it's only the third time um, a father has won the championship and a son has won the championship. Was uh, it also Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Uh, no, Dale Earnhardt Jr. didn't did not oh. um, win a championship. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I remember that they they talked about that. You know, Bill Elliott and and, and whatnot. Um, Dale Earnhardt Sr. back in those days. All right. When he makes the world go round, let's put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially how held up to its peers. The budget for this film is an estimated $60 million. What do you think this grossed worldwide, U.S. and domestic? Wait, what? U.S. and foreign box offices combined. <laughs> U.S. and domestic. <laughs> well, hold on Are you drinking water yet? Or I am drinking that? water. This is, uh, this is water. It doesn't yeah. look like water. That's because it doesn't smell like water. <laughs> does it taste like water? I don't think so. It does not. All right. All right. So the budget was $60 million estimated, according to IMDb. 
So domestic and foreign box office estimate. combined, what do you think it grossed worldwide? <laughs> when was this uh, film made? 1990. 1990. I would say 43. Right. Lower than. Mm. I would say this one jumped to 70. In the U.S., this grossed $82.7 million. The foreign box office was negative. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 75, <laughs> 75.3 million, bringing the total worldwide oh. gross to 157.9 so, so million. So was, it was probably not the NASCAR poll that brought people in. It was the Tom Cruise. Yeah. Probably. But according to the reviews brought. from the audience, also what made people stay away from it. I saw some reviews. This is the only Tom Cruise movie I haven't seen, and I refuse to watch it. Well, this might also be the reason why now, but back We're talking then, like probably, 1990 Tom Cruise. Yeah. Back in 1990, yeah. Tom Cruise. Everybody loved Tom Cruise. Yeah, not post-2000. Yeah. yeah. One of the reviews I read was, why is Tom Cruise in every movie? <laughs> All right. This film debuted on January uh, June 29th, 1990 with 15.5 million dollars this was the 12th highest grossing film of 1990 number one that year oh wow was a movie that we also have done on the podcast with uh whoopi goldberg and patrick swayze ghost ghost you said whoopi goldberg and the first thing i ever think of is sister act (laughs) (laughs) it's not star trek because i can't say i I can't say star trek you know (laughs) Which I, on Thanksgiving I watched Generations because it was on TV. Oh, okay. nice! Yeah. All right, so that was 1990s Days of Thunder, directed by Tony Scott. Check out our website. Your character's name? Was that? What's your character's name in Star Trek? Amala or something like that. Guinan. Guinan. Right. It, it was weird. <laughs> I know there's a lot She's of the bartender consonants in there. Yes, she was. The giant hat. <laughs> uh, that was 1990s Days of Thunder, directed by Tony Scott. <laughs> Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Feel free to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Every rating you give us helps us get up in the rankings and gets us closer to being actual certified critics. If you rate the movie and – or rate the podcast and request the movie – that movie goes to the top of our list. We'll watch it for any other requests. Next week, from 1994, this is Hollywood's pick for his thankful movie, which was actually pre-recorded about two weeks ago because he is now, as he put it, <laughs> set off into the sunset into fatherhood a second time. So we recorded this already. It was a fun episode, and it is Pulp Fiction, one of the all-time greatest movies. So tune in for that next time. So, until next time, I'm Adam. There's Maestro and there's Cowboy. Bye! I'm Cowboy. (laughs) You guys always follow the end, so I'm going to start exiting for you. Hey! What? What? What?